great to be with you today. I feel a little bit slightly sad because I know that you're here. That means you aren't part of the mass exodus in the city who got to go out to the Jersey Shore, the Hamptons. You're not camping upstate. You're here in the thick of it all. So I think we are to be congratulated that we're staying put for the 4th of July. Holiday weekend, whatever. We're here. Happy to have you. Um, so, July has kicked off, and that means that it's our summer, the, the parks are on our summer break. The, the, uh, Caroline and Charles and their family take a break during the month of July. They're going to visit Korea, they've got all kinds of different plans, and so this is kind of their typical thing. So that means the parks are gone. You know what that means? Party! Roll in the kegs! Here we go! The River Kegger 2.0. No, it means we have actually some very fun things planned for you during the month of July, and I think it's great fun to be with you today. And so, um, you know what, I, this week is an interesting one. It's an anniversary week in a, in a way for us because we realized that it was nine years ago this week that Sarah and I drove into town to relocate to be a part of the river community. We were driving this, this giant second-hand Lincoln town car, deep maroon, into the city to begin our life here. And I got two tickets within the first 24 hours, 250 bucks worth of tickets. So the car was given away. But it was nine years ago that we, uh, that we joined up here and could not have had more fun in this, uh, this time. You know, it's so fun to think about that now in this retrospect after nine years of how our lives have intertwined with you and so many other people who are part of our church. I think that's actually the most delightful part of a church, a faith community. It's how our stories interconnect with each other. I just love that. I've been a kind of a fan of it for a long time. Our stories interconnect with each other and with God's big story, right? I love that. I think that's part of the great fun of being part of a community. And we've been doing something recently to try to highlight that with this thing we've been calling Humans of the River. Maybe you guys are... How many people have seen Humans of the River on our Facebook post, right? This is a simple way we've been trying to tell some of these stories, small way of sharing some of these wonderful stories. For example, you've seen these in the past, I'll bet. Oh yeah, here's four of them. Isn't that nice? Up here is Amelia. She's been in Indonesia for the last while, but she's coming back. Wonderful story. Stephanie, we've heard her on Sunday morning. Here's a nice little family, the Sen Houses. I love Joshua's story. Joshua's story. He tells this very deep, kind of heartfelt story, all while eating a bunch of chicken. So that's... So these have been ways that we've been trying to tell the humans of the river, right? We've lifted the idea from humans of New York, of course, and it's been a great way to kind of get some of these stories out there. It's been fun. If you haven't seen them, be, do, do take a look at it. They're on our website. You can read all about these great people. But we all have stories. Every single one of us has stories, and I think that would be great today to lean into that a little bit more. There's something powerful and good about us sharing these stories, and not just with each other here in our own church, but I think more openly, just sharing our story with people as, you know, anyone, as the opportunity arises. And so I decided today, given it's my, uh, you know, kicking off this July season, it would be great to take advantage of this uh, slightly funky classroom setting that we find ourselves in, and also my roots as a high school teacher, and to turn this into a worksheet day. <laughs> there was much rejoicing from the back row. Worksheet, what? Yes, I want to do a worksheet. So I'm going to pass this out. It'll be fun. Or not, but it doesn't matter. You're here, you're stuck. So, 
Would you help pass this out? Ricardo, Allison, I'll let you guys. Everybody gets a worksheet. Story time. Here you go, Emmanuel. Yes, indeed. Take advantage of our setting. Do a little bit of a worksheet on story time. We're going to talk today about why and about how we might like to share our own spiritual stories. So we can each have our own humans of the river story. Now, even if this never goes public, and this is only yours, you're not good, you won't have to turn it in unless I see you misbehaving. This is just a worksheet for you. We all have our own humans of the river story. The first three questions are just to test your eligibility. Don't worry about those. The first thing I want to do, though, is actually talk about the downsides. We should probably acknowledge that actually there are some downsides to sharing my spiritual story. There are some reasons why I don't want to share my story. I don't want to get into this whole topic, for goodness sakes. I I understand that there are a couple of reasons we should just talk about them right out of the gate. Here's the first reason you may not want to share your spiritual story. I'll put it like this. Sex and politics. That's going to be your first blank. I gave you a really exciting one for the first blank right there. Sex and politics. Now, imagine today if I showed up to begin the sermon and I said, hey, you guys, it's time for us to get down to the nitty-gritty of, of life and have a very frank discussion about our sexual lives as well as our political opinions. So first, I'm going to share some thoughts on that, and then I'm going to have you break into small groups and you can share about your own You, f- you feel that? <laughs> a little tension? Some discomfort? A little sense of dread? It's like, oh God, please don't make us talk about that, right? Why in the world would we launch into a discussion that's sure to be uncomfortable, if not downright miserable? You know, topics like these are just loaded with potential downsides. And that's interesting because they are a very big part of our lives, right? They're important topics. But these type of topics, like sex and politics, they, here's the point. They, feel, they can feel private and divisive. And that's your next blank. Private and divisive. They, they can. So people tend to often avoid these sorts of topics altogether. And I'm proposing that, unfortunately, faith and spirituality, for many people, are pretty uncomfortable topics as well. Kind of like sex and politics. So, sure, we can talk about this sort of thing with our church friends, happy to go into that topic, but, but, you know, to talk openly, especially with people who don't share your view on faith, that's just too risky, right? It can feel uh, like you might, it might lead to some awkward moments or some disagreements or maybe even hurt feelings. It's not that easy. So we tend to keep this topic on the DL, when we're, especially when we're with people who don't maybe share our outlook on things. You know, people outside of our church environment, for example. People who are not into the same things. Because we don't want to be divisive. And it is kind of private, after all, right? I acknowledge that. It is a challenge. But what I'm going to suggest today is that perhaps, and perhaps counterintuitively, this sensitive area can actually be a tremendous way to connect more deeply with people. People of all kinds. That's the pitch I'm going to make. And the payoff, if that's true, the payoff will be worth figuring out how we can do this well. 
So that's one problem that people have. It feels a little bit sensitive, a little divisive, maybe private. But here's another problem. A lot of times we think, hey, listen, I'm just figuring this stuff out myself. That's the next blank. That's the next argument people have. I'm just figuring this stuff out myself. Why would you want me to share my half-baked story, right? We often think this way, like, you know, I don't really want to be too outspoken about faith and spirituality. I really don't know enough to say anything about it. I mean, after all, I'm not even sure what I believe just yet. And it is a tricky area. So, you know, pastors and religious leaders, you know, they're just better equipped to deal with this sensitive area of religion, right? That's a mentality. It's like it's best left to the professionals. It's it's a tough area. And that does make sense. But it's kind of contrary to how you see things set up. I want to take a look at some of Jesus' last words. Kind of an interesting contrary idea here. So I'm going to read to you the the big finish of the book of Matthew. This is the big wrap-up. And here's the setup. It's it's, uh, this conclusive moment after the resurrection where Jesus gives the remaining disciples what is traditionally called the Great Commission. This is the big finish to Matthew 28. Let's, Let's read this here. So, meanwhile, the 11 disciples, remember Judas, gone. So there's only 11 now. They uh, were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life marking them by the baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. That's the big wrap-up. This is how Matthew ends his gospel. And there's a lot we could talk about in this very famous section, but I just simply want to point out one thing. Who? Who is it that Jesus picks to get his message out after he leaves. He picks these people who said the moment they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus, undeterred, just goes right on. Isn't that kind of an interesting description? It's pretty honest, right? I like that. It's very transparent. It's like an evaluation. How are the disciples doing in this moment? Well, some are way into it. Others, not so much. But Jesus is completely undeterred, and here he is. He trusts his beautiful message, his his movement. It's this big handoff. And when you think about it, so what is Jesus' strategy to get his message out, to start his movement? Jesus' plan is to use a bunch of half-convinced amateurs. (laughs) Do you see that? That's amazing. That's your next blank, by the way. Half-convinced amateurs. You would think he would hit the brakes with these doubters. Like, wait, 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 wait. But he just seems to ignore it. What he seems to say is, listen, it's fine that you're still doubting, you're still putting all this together, but just go. And I will be with you. And you'll see wonderful things as you go out there and you just connect. I think this is very contrary to our instinct. It's kind of counterintuitive to choose doubters. Right? But this is classic Jesus. So classic, classic Jesus. 
He avoids the religious professionals altogether. And instead, he entrusts his message to regular, ordinary, doubt-filled people. Isn't that kind of surprising? Why would he do that? There's probably a lot of reasons. One reason that comes to mind is, you know, regular people are just more humble, quick to admit what they don't know and that they don't have it all figured out. They're just going to share what they heard and they experienced and pass it on instead of making big, giant arguments or trying to convince people. And what is this mission? The mission is to go out and connect with people, to share honestly and openly with others what they themselves have experienced from Jesus. That's the big idea. So I would say this. You know, I think built into the heart of faith is a desire to share that faith in a way that makes people's lives better. It's like built in. I like that. So if you think about it, it's kind of like Jesus' plan was to do big and wonderful things in people's lives and then say, okay, now keep that cycle going and share those big and wonderful things with other people so that they too will experience big and wonderful things and then they can share that to other people, big and wonderful things, on and on and on. And when you think about it, that's exactly what has been happening over time. So it starts with these 11 disciples, right, and a handful of others. And then each new generation of Jesus-following people have picked up this commission as their own. So what that means is down through the ages, this cycle of goodness of Jesus, the cycle of Jesus' goodness just keeps rolling. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, century after century, This big wheel of goodness, the cycle of Jesus' goodness just keeps going. I dig that. I like seeing that pattern. And so the idea is, well, now it's our turn. Here we are. And you know what? I think it's tremendous fun. I really do. That has been my experience. So I I began following Jesus back in 1983 as a college freshman. And from the very beginning, I just saw that sharing the good stuff, that was part and parcel of what it meant to live out my faith. Even though I was full of my own questions and lots of doubts, still I am, I'm still figuring this stuff out. But there's something in there about that. And I have to tell you that almost all of the good things in my life, I feel, almost everything has come as a side benefit of partnering with Jesus in this mission of sharing his goodness in some sort of way. I could not recommend it more highly. I have my personal experience. But I'm supposed to be talking about why we don't want to do this. I got ahead of myself. So let's, let's go back to reasons. I don't want to share my story. So here's, here's the big reason we don't really want to share our stories, you know, in, in a, maybe an unfriendly environment or with people who wouldn't share. Because things can get hinky fast. Do you want to say the word with me? Hinky. Things can get hinky when this comes up. Because what happens is, you know, there are loaded words. Words like evangelism or proselytizing. And there it is loaded. You know, these things come to mind. Subway preachers. Or arrogant, intolerant religious people saying, essentially, what you believe is wrong. 
That is not what we're talking about here. Okay? That's not the idea. Let me, let me give you an analogy, see if this, if this captures anything. So let's imagine a friend of mine. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'm going to pick on Allison. That's my friend Allison. Say hi, Allison. Let's say my friend Allison uh, becomes a big fan of some new diet, for example. Right? Let's say she's really into this. She tries it. She loves it. She thinks it's the greatest thing ever. You know, she feels like this, this diet has really changed her life. It's made her life better, and she loves it. She talks about it all the time. You know, she's kind of evangelizing me on her low, whatever, diet. Is that a problem? No. No, actually, that's not a problem. I mean, she's, feel to, you know, she's free to feel enthused about whatever she wants to feel enthused about. That's fine. And if she thinks it's a good thing, then, yeah, sure, she should tell me about it. Especially if she has this attitude of, listen, this has worked well for me. What's working for you? You know, it has that sort of tone. I like that. That's great. I'm a, since I'm a friend, I'd be interested in hearing what seems so important to her. And, you know, when somebody shares what's important to them, it kind of helps me think about, well, what's important to me? And why is it important? That's always a good thing, right? Let's say in my little analogy that I'm not going to be a taker in Allison's new fangled diet. Let's say, eh, it's not my thing. I, I, I'm not really into it. I don't really buy it, at least not right now. Is that a problem? No. I mean, I think we can still have a good point of connection because we're just growing to understand each other better, what moves us, what motivates us, where we're at. That's okay. So where does it get hinky? <laughs> it gets hinky, word of the day. It gets hinky if I start feeling some pressure. That's no good. Or let's say I discover that she's doing some sneaky things to get me to go for her diet. Not cool. <laughs> or suddenly I start feeling like she's looking down on me every time she watched me eat a slice of pizza. She's kind of looking at me, going, uh-oh. Now everything's changed. So if you think about it, in this analogy, it's not her enthusiasm for her thing that bothers me or turns me off, and it's not her desire to share it with me. That's a problem. The problem is these four, your next blanks. Pressure, hidden agendas, condescension, and judgment. And these are feelings that many people have when it comes to talking about faith. Pressure, hidden agenda, condescension, judgment. Those are your blanks. These are alienating forces. These are disconnectors. They just are. They're connection killers. That's an entirely different framework, a different perspective than simply sharing our stories for the sheer joy of it. It has a whole different feel, and it makes all the difference. Let me read you another scripture here that comes from John. John starts off a letter he's writing, and he describes his story and his personal experiences with Jesus. And here's how he puts it. This is good. 1 John 1. He says, From the very first day we were there, taking it all in. We heard it with our own ears. We saw it with our own eyes. We verified it with our own hands. The word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen. 
And now we're telling you in most sober prose that what we witnessed was incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us. We saw it, we heard it, and now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us, this experience of communion with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Our motive for writing this is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. Your joy will double our joy. Isn't that cool? He says, I'm telling you this for the sheer joy of it. That's totally different than trying to convince someone. There's no pressure, hidden agendas. There's no subtle condescension. It's like the fun of it. When I tell you this, it's going to make you happy. That doubles me. It's like, yeah, it's like this. Let's talk about this. It's good. That's a whole different deal. So, while there are some legitimate reasons for avoiding this whole story-sharing thing, altogether, I want to talk about a few reasons why we might want to do it. Why might I like to get better at sharing my own spiritual story, even with people who have different beliefs than I do? So let's go to this next section. Let's talk about the why. I can think of one, a couple reasons. First off, I would put it like this. An integrated life is much more satisfying than a compartmentalized one. An integrated life is more satisfying than a compartmentalized. Sometimes, sometimes we do this with our lives. We compartmentalized. So we start to segment off certain parts of our life. You know, we got our work life over here, maybe our church life over here, my private life here, my family life here. They're discrete. It's distinct, separated. And I think we lose out when we do that. Now, let me, let me be clear about something. I don't mean drawing healthy boundaries. That's actually a good thing to do. Don't misunderstand me. But I am suggesting that in the long run, compartmentalizing is just not a satisfying way to live. There's a great benefit learning how to integrate our faith with our whole life. It's very powerful. And actually, that's a very, very important theme to us here at the river. This notion that we're, we're aiming to develop a faith that works everywhere. Not just, yeah, I like what I hear on Sunday, but when I'm kind of out there, you know, it doesn't really connect. I live by a whole difference. It's like, that doesn't compute for us. We're really aiming to develop a faith that works everywhere, which, by the way, is the theme of this year's river retreat that you are all invited about. Ta-da! Commercial. You should totally go. It, you should totally go. It's huge fun. It really is, and it's going to be impacting. We're looking forward to it. All right, so that's one reason. Integration is important. The second is this. We learn more about our own faith when we're open with others about it. We really do. We, when we find an honest and open-hearted way of sharing this part of our lives with others, it just helps us understand ourselves better. It's interesting, it's kind of ironic, that connecting with people, people who don't share our faith, actually better, helps us to better understand ourselves. Much better than just surrounding yourself by people who think exactly like you. So we, we learn more about ourselves. That's one reason. Here's a third reason. It's great fun. I mentioned this earlier. I'm coming back to it. From personal experience, I can tell you it's great fun. In 35 years now of trying to follow Jesus, I would say this, this swapping of stories, swapping of life stories and just interconnecting, intertwining our lives, swapping of God stories, it's it's kind of what it's all about. It's actually kind of what it's all about. And it's, here's why it's fun. It's fun because when we articulate our story, it, kind of, it helps us 
identify more clearly what we feel like God is up to in our lives. And that's energizing. You know, I'm trying to put words to it, and I say what I'm thinking, and all of a sudden I'm realizing, yeah, there's a clarity that comes. It energizes me. That's great fun. Here's, here's the kicker. It's also fun because sharing our own stories often helps other people experience more of God than they currently are. That's cool. When we share our own stories, think of this. Like, if you share your story with me about what God is doing in your life, it just nudges me forward in my own connection. Right? Even if we're not, like, totally in sync with what we believe, it just, like, it inspires me. It moves me in some way. And there's nothing better to that. There's such a joyful thing when we have some small role in helping other people develop their connection with God. That, that's, that's a keeper. And like, like the verse in John, it's like joy. I want to share this to double your joy, which doubles ours. And it's, like, it's all about that joyful attitude. Here's a fourth reason we may want to get better at sharing our stories. Sharing deep things like our, our faith and our spirituality with other people can lead to deeper connections. This is the biggie. Even if they don't share our beliefs, it can lead to deeper connections. It's legitimately enriching to talk to people about their thoughts and their feelings around spiritual issues. Not to convince them, but to try to connect around these deep and these meaningful topics. Now, this is slightly counterintuitive. Because I, I set this whole thing up like, ooh, it's a divisive. Actually, there's a way to see this in quite the opposite. I, I see this all the time in our Seek class. We do this class here uh, that we call it's for people who are skeptical but curious about faith. So we've done it for years. People who are unconvinced about Jesus, who want to investigate further. So we do this class that's full of people who have very different backgrounds, very different ideas about faith. Everyone's at different starting points, different places in their journey. And yet what we see, year after year after year, is that this process of sharing creates crazy good connections. It's kind of counterintuitive. You might think that because we're all, you know, have different beliefs, sitting around this table, that maybe it would be tough to forge these kind of deep bonds. But the truth is, it's the opposite when we set it up like that. So it's a very interesting thing. It's not, it's not necessarily about everyone being on the same page that creates this connection. What does it is that we just, you know, open the book together. It's not necessarily being on the same page. It's something deeper than that. Much deeper connections in life. I really believe that. I've seen it. All right, so there you go. A few reasons I think it's worth growing in our ability to share our own spiritual stories and generally just get more comfortable in talking about this part of our lives with other people. What do you think? You buy it? Will you buy my product? <laughs> Thank you for the yes. That was nice. <laughs> Holiday weekend. All right. Well, I think I'm making some good points. Let's try it out. Let's, let's actually put this in. Here comes, now it's time for you to try this. So let's get started on the idea. We'll just get started on the idea of you sharing your own story. So assuming you are a human, then you do have a story to share. And by the looks of it, most people here are humans. There may be a couple replicants, you never know. Um, 
But if you're a human, you do have a story to share, and there's great benefit in learning how to share your story. So I would like to encourage us to try to imagine a couple scenarios where we might have an opportunity to share our story. Now, I, I understand this. Some of you are very quick on your feet. You'd like to just kind of wing this and improvise, say whatever comes to mind if a scenario opened up like this. Even so, I would like you to play along. Just, you know, we're in a classroom setting. You have a little worksheet in front of you. Just play along and try to put your thoughts in writing. And can I say, we just want to do this in a very simple, brief way. And by the way, it does need to be brief. Sometimes we swing from being like reluctant to say anything to becoming really eager to share everything. And that can, you know, somebody gives us a little opening and next thing you know, it's like, I thought you'd never ask. Let me tell you 20 minutes of my life story in a little sermonette on what I, you know, it's like, maybe let's just dial that down and just take it a little more simplistic view of this. What if we take a couple minutes to practice succinctly sharing our own story, whatever that story may be? So here's scenario one for the worksheet. Let's put that up there. Scenario one. Let's say a co-worker discovers that you're a person of faith. Like, what? You go to church? I had no idea. Or something to that effect. And they say to you, wait, wait, wait. Are you religious? What's the story there? In three sentences, or four max, how would you describe your spiritual journey? So for example, just wait. So, for example, I might say, okay, well, I didn't grow up with this stuff at all, but in high school, I had a very strange experience that led me to believe there was a spiritual dimension to life. So, in college, I started to pursue that, and I ended up feeling connected to Jesus, and it was wonderful. So, ever since then, this connection I feel like I made with Jesus has become really a central part of my whole life. What about you? That's how I'd probably end this. I'd go, well, what about you? What are, you, what are your thoughts on this? That's, that's, a good, that's a little extra bonus. Turn around, just shut up, and say, well, what about you? Simple. You game? Let me give you a little bit of time to try it out right now on your own. I'll give you a couple minutes to write your own answer out. Okay, now let's grade these. Pass them to the person to your left. Kidding, I'm kidding. All right, let's, let's do one more. Let's imagine scenario number two, which would be this. Let's say a neighbor says, oh, okay, so you're into faith. Why do you like faith so much? What does it do for you? What do you get out of it? Somebody might ask. In three sentences or four at the max, could you just list... Describe some of the benefits that you've experienced from your connection to Jesus. Our guest started on that. It was very powerful. A couple things that you think, this is what I get out of it. This is how it benefits me. If you're wanting to know, I'll tell you. In real life terms, okay, let's try to avoid the, you know, peace that passes understanding. That's nice. But really, though, what, what do you feel? Try that. Let's try that one now. I'll give you a couple minutes. So, here's the deal. Today, I was endeavoring to try to share some reasons why and how we might want to get better at sharing our stories and be more comfortable as a way of connecting with other people around us. That was my goal. You you follow? I hope it's been encouraging and enlightening in some way for you. Thank you. So, you know, hearing all these great stories, especially like knowing there are lists sitting in front of you, um, that's really encouraging. Hearing about all that he's doing for us is so great. 
Thanks, thanks for playing along today and, and doing our little worksheet. It makes me kind of want to just thank God and acknowledge that he's at work in all of our lives in some way and maybe, you know, thank him. Maybe worship him. Well, lucky for us, that's exactly what we have a chance to do right now. So can I invite you to stand up? So here's what I like to do while we're standing. You'll have to stand for a minute. If you want to sit back down in a moment, that's fine. But let's start on our feet. And if you don't mind, I would just invite you to close your eyes. And I want to pray for a moment. Your only job right now is to simply relax. Jesus... It just feels like what we read, that this, this message of hope and of connection rolling through the time on and on, day after day, that you said you would be with us. And it feels like, Lord, when we start looking at it, you really are with us. That what you said to those original disciples 2,000 years ago has actually been true, that you are with us. You're not far away. And in this very moment, through the Holy Spirit, you're right here in this room now. We believe that, and really, Lord, we can kind of sense it when we see what you've been doing in each other in our own lives. So we just want to thank you and ask that in these uh, few minutes that we have together, that you would help us to draw our hearts even closer just to be with you and to worship.